This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael in the studio. And listeners, thanks for joining us. We're going to tackle one of your questions right now. And the question is, if I am a Christian, can I cast away demons from myself in Jesus' name? So the, the question I feel like is a little misleading because the idea of casting out a demon is typically reserved for possession. Yes. And, and that's when in the spiritual side of ourselves that a, a demon can take over, we'll just say possession of the, of the physical body. It's a little unclear how much um, the person who's possessed mm. is consciously aware of, 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 of what's going on. But there does seem to be this, this world where a human being can have their whole body and uh, yeah, taken residence by a spiritual force that suppresses them, puts them in the background, and the, and, and the demon takes the foreground, right? Sure. So one of the things that we know that we know that we know, though, is that that concept of possession, it is impossible for that to happen to a, to a believer, but yeah. to a Christian because the Holy Spirit resides in us. So Tim, tell our audience, what would be the difference between possession and oppression? Even though we've said this a thousand times. We have said this and yeah. dealt with this on podcasts before. Multiple times. But let's say it again, just for this podcast. The difference between possession and oppression is on the surface, it may look very similar, but in the reality, it is quite different. Possession, a demon or demons, actually take over a person's body. We see that in several accounts in the Gospels. We see several occasions where pe people have been totally possessed by some demonic force or forces. And yet, oppression is not a possession per, per se, but there is such... Uh, activity, demonic activity around and through this person that it may appear to be possession mm -hmm. on a surface level. Mm -hmm. So there is a difference, but... Yep. So one of the things we know is that Jesus gave his disciples the ability to cast out demons. And yeah. this was, I think, a, a beautiful living picture of the fact that the kingdom of God is bigger, stronger than the kingdom of the evil one. And in a battle, the kingdom of God you know, always wins. And so if uh, if you have some sense that there is demonic influence in your life, do you have the ability to cast it away? Cast it out would imply possession. That's yes. not going to happen. And this, and this listener is asking a question, cast away, not cast, cast out. Cast away, yep. And so the, the easy answer is um, yes, absolutely. Mm. Uh, the way James says it, which I really, I really appreciate it, he says this, submit yourselves therefore to God, and then he says, resist, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Right. It is interesting that he doesn't talk about what, what does it actually mean to resist. And so mm. I, I do think there's an interesting confusion that Christians get. Um, when you think about Satan, most Christians are like, run, get as far away as you can. <laughs> That's actually not what the Bible says. The Bible says flee, flee. sexual immorality. Yes. But resist, resist the devil. Like it's an interesting, but what we do is we resist sexual immorality and then we flee the devil. And it's yeah. like, no, that's actually backwards here. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but the idea of, of resist means um, I'm unafraid. 
I am, I'm not intimidated by you. Yes. Um, now, whether or not we use Jesus's name or not, I would say using Jesus's name, that's always a beneficial thing to do. Yeah. Especially if you're sensing that there's demonic influence or spiritual warfare around you. And um, I know, Tim, I think you're of the position that you can't pray it in your brain. You have to pray it out <laughs> pray loud. Pray it out loud, yes. Right? And uh, in my position, yeah. which is that whether you pray it in your brain or pray it out loud is irrelevant because prayer is a is directed to God. Uh, it, it is, uh, yeah. by default, a fundamentally spiritual exercise mm-hmm. with spiritual implications. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, my position is if you want the demons to actually hear you, they're not going to hear you in your head. Mm. They got to hear you out loud. And, you know, the only way that we can pray as a Christian is in Jesus' name or in Jesus' authority. The only way we can come to yeah. God with confidence is through Jesus. The only way that we could ever tell a demon to get away from us is through the power of, yep. the, of, of Jesus or the Holy Spirit. Yep. And we can't, we don't have that power within ourselves, but the Holy Spirit and Christ has that power yep. to, to, to make the demons flee. Yep. And then he gives us that authority yes. in his name by his spirit. And so, yeah, I, there is like this um, challenge in the whole spiritual warfare like realm. The challenge is, okay, how long does it take for me to, if I'm praying against the evil one, if I'm sensing spiritual dynamics with my children or in my home or whatever else. So then the question would be how much prayer, like do I have to pray for a day? Do I have to pray for a week? You know, like mm-hmm. maybe it's, it's a mat, maybe the difference in, in these kind of demons is, um, like one version of what they were used to, which was in the name of Jesus, get out. And 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 Jesus is like, no, you actually have to stop and ask me to do this one yeah. because this is, this is this is a level of demonic influence that that y- you do actually don't have authority to do. Now, the reason I have questions around this is not whether or not it happened, but whether or not with the uh, given the holy like the, the fact that we're given the Holy Spirit um, post death resurrection. Um, like, did something change in the demonic realm at that point? Was this just kind of pre-death and resurrection realities? I don't, I don't totally know the answer to that, but it seems the New Testament standard is you resist, um, whether that's through prayer or just get out of here, you got nothing, and he or they are obligated to skedaddle. You know, it's interesting. You and I were talking about this before we went on the air, and I think you and I agreed that in the epistles, we don't really see a whole lot of demonic uh, casting out, demons being cast out. Can you think of one epistle that mentions casting demons? I I can't think of any. Now, what what we do see, though, is in the Ephesians 6 passage where they're talking about the, Paul's talking about the armor of God. The armor of God is all about so that you'll be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So there is this resistance, there is this armor that we put on, this invisible armor of God Mm -hmm. that we can resist, that we can uh, push back the forces of evil, the forces of Satan and and his entourage, and we can push it back because we're putting on the armor of God. Yep. So I don't I can't think of any example in any of the epistles of casting out. We do see that in the gospels, we do see that in the book of Acts, which is a transitional time for the church. Yep. But not not during the the epistle time. Yep. Which doesn't mean that people are not still possessed by demons, oh, but no. it just seems to take a a really secondary place, you know? And I I do find it very interesting there are theological subjects that you can read about in the gospels or 
Um, you, yeah, and they're valuable subjects, don't get me wrong, but you just never see them come up in the epistles when Paul is like dealing with the day in day out life right. of the life of the church. Um, his bigger concerns are the clarity of the gospel and false teachers. Like those seems mm-hmm. to be, and then the immorality of Christians that are basically facilitated by false teachers. And, uh, but you don't, you, you just don't see a lot. I mean, it's there, but you don't see a lot of Satan, 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 but I mean, he comes up, right. Peter mm-hmm. brings him up once. Mm-hmm. Paul has a little section on it. Um, he brings him up a handful of times, but by and large, it's, it's not as dominant as it seems to be in, in the Gospels. And what strikes me is that with with the incarnation of Jesus, with him on earth in his earthly ministry, um, Satan had basically reign of the earth. And then here comes the kingdom of God, and right. he is aggravating and upsetting mm-hmm. the status quo. And I think of Colossians 2, I think it's uh, Colossians 1 or 2, I can't remember where, it says that Jesus disarmed the rulers. And then he basically put them to open shame and mock them through his death and resurrection. And I've just, I've always wondered like, what, what was, what, how did the death and resurrection of Jesus change the game in terms of the demonic realm? It did something. It did something for sure. It for sure disarmed. And it even changed the vocabulary by which it seems that the leaders of the church speak about demonic possession and oppression to the point where um, you really have a disarmed Satan who can do you no harm and you just need to resist them. Right. Is, it is an interesting dynamic. So, yep. But pray. Yeah. Go yeah, for pray. it. In Jesus' name, do it. Yeah, I think that's great. That's a very good thing. <laughs> Listeners, please come back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just, I was like, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, it's all, okay, here we go. <laughs> all right. All right, listeners, please come back next time when we answer another one of your questions, which is, how much is too much alcohol to drink? Mm-hmm.